What's up, everybody? Reporting live from snowy Portland, Oregon. Recording this intro from my bed. Because I got that flu, y'all. Which means I've just been sitting in my bed, catching up on TV shows. Finishing off Westworld. Having my mind blown. Finishing off the, the Night Of, another great HBO series. Yeah, watching that Hail Caesar. Watching that Amy Winehouse documentary. Heavy, heavy film. Super uh, powerful being, that Amy Winehouse. That voice is, it was a good one. Um, anyway, this episode of the podcast was, uh, was done back in California when I was home for the holidays. And had this conversation with my man, Ryan Schicht. Dude, I grew up playing music with, longtime friend. And uh, yeah, we just talked a lot about uh, some of our old band shenanigans, as well as uh, breaking down some of the songwriting on his new record under uh, the Slow Fall Music title. Uh, had a really great time hanging out with Ryan, just catching up, talking about old stuff. Uh, shout out to the Souls of Fuse dudes, the band we used to play in. Kurt, what's good, buddy? And, uh, Mata Fuse, Seth of Fuse. And, uh, you know, all the, all the people that used to come out to those shows and support our band. Shout out to you people. Uh, January 19th, the co-founder will be in Portland, Oregon, playing with Keeper Keeper and the homies Bitter Buddha. Uh, this is a Planned Parenthood benefit. All of the money will be going to Planned Parenthood. So this is a good opportunity to support a good cause and uh, come see some really great bands. I will be out there. You should be too. I mean, assuming that my flu doesn't last for a week, I'll be out there. And assuming that we we don't continue to get snow here up here in the uh, the great northwest but uh, anyway enough rambling let's get ourselves into the episode with slow fall music this is my conversation with ryan schicht here we go look down at the corner Yeah. All right, man. Brother Schicht. Brother Dunn. Ryan Schicht. <laughs> we are in my uh, one of my childhood homes. Mine too. In the garage. Uh, we are uh, doing it Marin style, I guess. Yeah. As you said. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is the home I lived in. From 19 to 25, <laughs> I guess. There so were, there were many here. nights here, yeah. Some, Hanging out here. Some old band meetings up in your room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of band meetings in this garage uh, with non-band members, though. Lots of meetings. Lots of meetings took place in this garage. Yeah. It was one of the garages you could hang out. Wasn't in. one of the garages we played in. Uh, no, we did not play in... Good, we're recording. Uh, <laughs> uh, not one of the garages we played in. We played most of the time in your garage that's for correct. practice well i mean it, it, we were in the house first maybe we should you know because i don't 
I feel like this episode, I don't really need to know your history because I already know it. That's so maybe true. maybe just at least so maybe we can preface uh, preface 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 uh, how I we actually uh, you know how we know each other because that's a long time oh, we God. go back many years yeah I think at the age of like ten we played on a baseball team Was together it that long ago yeah I think <laughs> so it was my last year of baseball hey I just remembered I was playing ice hockey um, and then. Yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, decided to try baseball. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, a guy up the street, Vince, um, his dad was coaching. So that's kind of, I think, how I got on the team. I I may have gone to a tryout. I don't know. And then... uh, A tryout is Little League, man. No one's (laughs) keeping you off a Little League team. (laughs) (laughs) There was no tryout? I mean, there was probably an evaluation. Did we get drafted? I guess I don't think we got drafted. I think you just get assigned who you get assigned, and that's that's how it goes. Unless you're the coach hey, and you know the kids you want. All I know is I don't know the politics of I it. I think Ryan. it was one of the first practices, and you were just like you found out for somehow that I played ice hockey. Yeah, I was and you were like, obsessed. dude, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, I was like, I wish I played why ice hockey. Baseball right now. <laughs> why are you playing baseball? Yeah, uh, so that's uh, all I remember. And they used to call you the penguin. Yeah, I ran like an asshole. I like, don't recall. I, I didn't run very well I as, a, think in as the, a kid. In the batting cages, I was trying to figure out why they were calling you the penguin. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a running issue. I was like, what is, what is the issue? <laughs> it was a running thing. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was having I re- trouble. I remember uh, I definitely in, I don't know about that year, but in, in Little League in general, I definitely remember I was never good at sliding either. So I usually slid way ahead of the base. Know. I don't even remember sliding. Yeah, I didn't like it. So. I don't know that we were even maybe taught one practice. I don't know. But. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, we played on that baseball team together. And then uh, I guess four or five years later, uh, I moved to a different high school. And you happened to be in the PE class that I was in. And I think, you know, we had seen each other at the hockey rink. Yeah, because I started playing ice hockey after that. Yeah, so just to get us through that little period there but yeah um i don't know we were standing there on the numbers at pe yeah and like i think i was looking at you like, and we we're like uh is that uh and then i was like dan <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it worked out it was great yeah. it was awesome because i actually uh i mm. had like a pretty first like interesting few weeks at that school because i didn't feel like i knew anybody really yeah like, mm. I knew very few people there, so I was just kind of, like, roaming around. That was sophomore year, 10th grade? Yeah, sophomore year yeah. of high school. Yeah. But, uh, and then you, uh, we just kind of started hanging out. And you had <laughs> kind of just started playing guitar, I guess, maybe that year or two before. I feel like it was maybe the, yeah, either the end or the, the beginning of 10th grade. Did you come right away? Yeah. Or did you come mid Beginning of 10th grade. Okay. I just remember, yeah, me and Bert had kind of uh, started playing a little bit of music because um, I had just started playing guitar and I think he had been playing bass or taking lessons at the time. And uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like once I started playing guitar, it was like, it's, I got to put a band together and it, it's high school. This is, uh, <laughs> this is where all this starts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right away, I think I just went straight to Bert. And I mean, I had known him since kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, and I coincidentally met Bert playing Little League as well. Yeah. Uh, Bert, would, Bert is also one of our childhood, longtime 
best friends of both of us, like all very tight throughout the years. But Bert uh, actually came over to my house one one time in high school and he saw the plaque on the wall and he was just like he's like hey i was on this team and there he was it was great man so uh yeah you and bert kind of started playing some music together because bert had grown up playing bass at like the fender school i I believe kind of went to that pretty early on so he seemed to have a pretty good understanding of how to like play an instrument yeah i mean his dad works for fender and it's just been and his family, basically. Yeah. They have a whole music room and seem like... Awesome. Or in, in their old house, at least. Um, yeah, there was always cool guitars and equipment in there. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then I ended up kind of hooking you guys up with your first drummer. Yeah. From a guy that I had met like a couple years prior. From um, your old school. From my old school in my old neighborhood, and he and I like kind of played a little bit of music together the first time I got a guitar, but I wasn't really interested in learning. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was just like really frustrated that I couldn't just pick it up and play it. But uh, I knew you guys were looking for a drummer, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll see if Matt is available. And that ended up kind of working out for a little while. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um, I don't know. I don't think we had any drummers before, and that was like the first first time and we're you know pulling up our little amps we didn't even have good amps at that time it was just little practice amps and we didn't understand you know the whole technical part of it (laughs) you need an amp with a lot of watts to actually hear over the drums yeah (laughs) but uh yeah i think we ended up using like a microphone to run it through a pa so we could hear everybody and at that time i think i was trying to sing and i was right yeah i mean it was, I was yeah i mean it yeah. was your band and i think it was uh it seemed even from like the early times of you like playing and messing around that you were always more drawn to like writing your own songs rather than learning yeah. covers like yeah no i i took lessons for almost two years and in that time i mean it was always yeah let's uh bring in a cd uh, a song you might want to learn how to play and that's kind of what that became after you know learning all the basics and a little bit of music reading which has gone completely out the window unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah and it just got to that point where i was just i wasn't interested in learning a bunch of other songs and i wanted to write my own songs um growing up i mean it was listening to certain people play guitar it was boring to me they were playing covers yeah um not to say that you know the covers weren't good but it was just like just felt like an older person thing to do they weren't really creating their their own stuff and at least the people i was around um so yeah i was always drawn i think from the beginning of picking up a guitar and learning those chords i mean that that was my plan like i'm gonna i'm gonna put these chords together myself and i'm gonna figure out how to write some lyrics yeah and uh i guess i was actually so that band became unknown road which was was that band and i was uh definitely like the roadie for the first show with our buddy tim the (laughs) the corona high school talent show which was in the gym yeah it was which is like yeah i don't know that was probably one of the coolest things i i don't think uh i mean it felt like a big live show like there was a lot of people in there it was it was like a free yeah concert in the gym and there was like it seemed like there was a few bands that year yeah there Uh, was a band that covered mayonnaise from smashing pumpkins 
And I think we still have video of that. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Every once in a while, when I try and pull out, you know, every five, ten years, maybe I'll be like, oh, let me see what it was like when we were playing, and which is amazing. We still have video of that. But and I'm like, oh, mayonnaise. That's amazing. And at the time, I don't even think I was aware of uh of that song or was too much into the pumpkins yet yeah <laughs> so that was just crazy to me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude yeah i remember you always had like the video camera also so like <laughs> it's awesome that we have so much documentation of of all of not only like band stuff but like just crazy craziness and yeah. just like adventures from high school and throughout the like early years the evolution after. Yeah. Of, of our band but yeah so yeah then uh like the band kind of played a little bit yeah i mean i think um what happened basically is we did a couple shows and the drummer um uh, he just i think realized that you know we were kind of young and he had other opportunities because he was a pretty pretty good drummer yeah absolutely he had opportunities to actually play in a band that you know was not necessarily a lot more. No, I'm necessarily more serious about it, but just, you know, it was more of a priority. And I think they were out of high school. Yeah. So, I mean, they were trying to actually, they, they were trying to actually do it. And a lot of uh, maybe some of the like more similar influences in yeah, the, yeah. with those people. Some of the um, punk, I believe, is what he was into. Yeah. And then uh, at first, I was just kind of goofing around with you guys, picking up the microphone. <laughs> we were doing some, <laughs> some different stuff for. <laughs> Maybe some prank call CDs. That yeah, I think exist. we were kind of just figuring out like, what are we gonna do? Like now that we don't have a drummer, we gotta yeah. find another drummer. And uh, and I was also like writing words and stuff at that time. I think I had been for a while, and uh, just kind of was it was it like a poetry class that like no what what were you writing? I think for? I was just always writing. Like, were you just like I always I was just always in like infatuated with like writing lyrics and stuff because I was in the music at such a young age yeah i think and i picked up on lyrics really early on so i don't know i was just always uh kind of drawn to doing that and you stuff. were just writing just to write or were yeah. you just like hey maybe i can uh, sneak some of these in i don't know that i thought i could sneak anything in i think i was just at that point like writing just to write and then you guys kind of somehow or another let me kind of explore those well things. i think at that time like i was very like kind of shy about singing oh yeah definitely um so i didn't think i really wanted to do it and i i didn't really take any lessons for it to actually do any better and i was just like well hey if this guy wants to do it i mean i'm i'm cool with that like i don't i don't need the spotlight yeah so i kind of became the singer of the band and you had more the personality for that anyway I, I guess <laughs> I, 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 I thank I mean, you. I think, I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I was, I was definitely for some reason willing to like get out there and, and do that. I think I was just also looking for some different ways to express some things that was like fresh off of like the first year of the parents being divorced and stuff. So I think I was just definitely like looking for some to explore some different outlets and, uh, no, that was cool, man. You guys like kind of let what me was the, do that. Like, what what was one of the first songs like? That we, uh, <laughs> was oh it? man, it was that that uh, it wasn't was it who the who I am song? I feel like that came later. I feel like maybe we started down the comedy direction. First. Oh yeah, we definitely started down the comedy <laughs> section because I was making those prank call CDs, and that yeah. was kind of part of the prank call CDs. Oh, yeah. is that we would have like I would have one song on there. 
And I guess Channel 47, if we want to go comedy route, Channel 47 was probably one of the first songs I wrote. And that song was that and Twisted World always like drew attention <laughs> from people that were like into punk music and stuff. Yeah. I remember like a, just like some of the punk rockers at school were like kind of down for that stuff. Yeah. And our first show ended up kind of being in a punk rock record store called Absolutely. X Records in Norco, which doesn't exist. And that was a really cool show as well. Yeah. yeah. And we had teachers coming yeah. out to see us. Mr. Williams, rest packed. in peace, man. Monty Williams, yeah. my favorite teacher from Corona High School. That guy was And it's next funny level, though dude. because like I never tried or thought I was going in a, you know, a punk kind of thing. Like that was It was just what we were doing. I think it was just that was what we played. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily punk, but it was but there were elements, sure, and I think some of that has to do with an experience of playing an instrument. Yeah. It's or the, playing in a band and writing songs. It was punk rock in that essence, like that it was just very like this is what we're doing. Like we're we're just trying to like make some music, and yeah. we don't really know what we're doing. And I, I think that's the way it came across. But Channel Forty Seven was definitely one of the uh, more comedy driven songs, and it was about the uh, we used <laughs> to have a, uh, a one of those black boxes that was basically, I guess you would call it jailbroken now. Well, even like you could, you still knew what it was, even if you had a regular yeah, even cable if you box. had a regular cable box. But anyways, you had like channel forty eight and forty nine, which were the regular pay per view channels, and then channel <laughs> yeah. forty seven was the like the Playboy or the the porn channel. Yeah. And so I had this like really funny song about uh, channel forty seven, and uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. At a certain point, it just kind of flipped, and I started writing stuff that was like more serious. Yeah, was that because of what I think I wanted to do with the music? Uh, I think it was just like a mix of like me being really into music too. And like, I kind of, well, I kind of always felt like it's been easier for me to write out what my thoughts and feelings are more than like verbalizing them. So I think it was made things a little bit easier. And I think at the time, you know, we were into a lot of the same music. Absolutely. Like that was one of the reasons you and I kind of like vibed right off the bat was that it was just like, we were kind of listening to similar music yeah. and showing each other music. Yeah. Like you're just like one of those dudes that it's been like throughout the years, we've always kind of gone back and forth with music and like showed each other stuff or like gone really deep on certain things <laughs> that we've like both really enjoyed. We've gone back to find things. But uh, yeah, man, that was, that was the unknown road era and, and the high school era of that. And yeah. um, you, I and Bert would, continue on to like start souls of fuse which was the band that from, was the serious band basically. that was what 19 to 25 26 so a solid six years of it was uh like unknown or the souls of fuse and we uh put out a couple eps through that and and then we made our big record out in la and made this long 14 track album with all this <laughs> fat layering and all these in, like incredible musicians like yeah, what was the cello player's name? I don't remember. Cameron? Uh, Cameron Stone. Cameron Stone, man. That dude played on like Madonna Records. And I remember when he came in and he was sound checking and he was playing like the- Metallica. Uh, he was playing that, but he was also messing around playing like the James Bond thing. 007? Because he had just like recorded <laughs> yeah. the new James Bond soundtrack. I remember they, he had said something like, yeah, I mean, I went into the studio the other day, just regular booking and- the sheet music they put in front of me was 007 and I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, we're doing this today. 
<laughs> so awesome, dude. Like, that's that guy's job. And he's such a, I don't know, he was like ADD, man. That guy was like so excited to be there and playing music, no matter if it was like with these young kids, you know, trying to trying to make music. And uh, yeah, the guy was amazing. Like, that was definitely, that was an experience. And <laughs> was it, it was a, a bit of a surprise because we knew we were going to book him. It was just a matter of about, getting the schedule right or yeah. seeing when he was going to come in and right. we didn't know and we get to the studio one day and Cameron's here and andrew um our producer at the andrew time, bush he uh he's like hey but we got cameron tomorrow we're like what he's like yep yep it's happening tomorrow but uh yeah so souls of fuse was i mean mostly uh at least musically they were like all of your ideas mostly that we that we worked off of you were the main songwriter in our band it looks like that on credit or on the on the credits i mean that's what you you were generally yeah it's uh you you were always the one kind of just writing music like you were you were writing a lot of music guiding and then sometimes you would have things that you'd be like hey man i think i think you should throw your lyrics on these so we would that's kind of how the songwriting work and sometimes i would uh sing your uh lead vocals your your words yeah and sometimes i would sing my own yeah and sometimes we would do that was a, like that the beginning up. yeah yeah and uh yeah i enjoyed that because I, I think i was still kind of like i i think i still want to sing but i don't know if i'm really gonna be okay at this yeah <laughs> but that was definitely when we started doing more like different like vocal things where like it was more engaging for you i think you were singing a lot still at least on like choruses yeah i was definitely like doing backup yeah doubling and we were always trying to i don't know maybe try to do cool little backup moments yeah and have those as a part of the the songs yeah uh no that that was that was some of the best times of our life man yeah (laughs) absolutely man i just remember like you and I spent a lot of time together during like those writing sessions, I think, because there would be a lot of nights or days or whatever where you would be like, hey, man, I got all these demos. Let's go through and some of these. Later for like second record. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. But just in general, like I just remember working out songs with you a lot. Like, and, you know, you would have a bunch of lyrics and you'd be like, take a look at these and like. Maybe I would like suggest some tweaks and vice versa or whatever. Yeah, you were definitely just my a, editor. For it was sure. always a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and like every once in a while, you'd be like, "Man, I just can't come up with a line here." Like, do you got anything? And yeah, and that was that was a fun part of like our collaboration for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the best part for me was just uh, like you totally understood where I was going with things and like yeah what my end idea was like you were able to see that and like i know you've said with other people like well just trust him just trust him yeah man i know where he's going with this i don't know how he's gonna get there but just trust him we're everyone's gonna be thrilled (laughs) we're gonna be thrilled if we make it oh yeah absolutely and that is uh that is one thing that's like i've always admired about like your songwriting and then also just like i guess in general like it seems like you are able to come up with these visions and like, you know, like you hear a song in your head and you don't just hear like one piece of it. You're not like, all right, here's the part and we're going to like work this out together. It's like, okay, here's this piece. And then like, I see it going here. It's like, just feels like it's all very like thought out and you know, like what you want to happen and you know how it can happen or maybe not necessarily always how, 
it's going to happen but like you can hear the whole idea like front to back in your head and it's just like here's how the bridge is going to be and then we're gonna like go out here or whatever and it just seems like it's always been like a complete picture for you which is yeah i think i like uh, i have to imagine the song yeah to actually go anywhere with it i have to kind of map it out first um and that it goes as big as let's get let's get strings on this whether it's keyboard or a couple cello overlays yeah absolutely let's uh we we need big drums we need heavy guitars here like whatever the arrangement is like i i usually hear it pretty big because that's just some of the my favorite kinds of songs um if anything i i think i've tried to maybe kind of pull that back a little bit and i'll have to kind of do less sometimes which obviously makes more no you're definitely like yeah you 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 love like the big jams like i don't know like uh and and all the layering but i don't know that it's like done untastefully or anything like i think you know and you've also like no it's a you get it's with a melody it's all about melody for sure and and you you seem to like work in a structure like very well like you know like if that makes any sense, as you know, like you like to, you know, it's uh, your songs like always, like always chorus, have a big middle, always a big bridge though. Like Usually that's, a big. I feel bridge. like that's where like that's where the the big part. The meat that, of it. The, yeah, it's just like what's gonna happen in the bridge. This is where the song's gonna go go out of its. Uh, I feel like I've maybe gotten a little away from that, um, and maybe some of the new songs on the record, and maybe I. I, I, I mean the red and maybe sleep well kind of give you those big bridges. Yeah. But I, I just remember we had a lot of those cool bridges like on that Souls of Fuse record. Absolutely, they were like my favorite parts of that <laughs> that full length. And it was like it was so far away from normal structures that you're used to on the radio, with you know the chorus like verse, chorus or intro verse chorus verse chorus or maybe not necessarily like going back to the chorus at the end and and just kind of like playing it out and we we definitely deviated from that for some reason it just worked out that way it's just the way it felt um and then when i did my ep i feel like i wanted to simplify that and just give you like a more structured thing yeah um i don't know why but it's just kind of the way that hand played out but um but yeah I, i don't know it's just I mean, I've heard Vertical Horizon is one of my biggest influences. He's always talking about um, how important the bridge is. He, it's an opportunity to take a song somewhere away from you know what you're you're expecting. Um, so you can either surprise a listener, or you can kind of let them down, or just not quite you know give them what they want. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I wanna I wanna take them somewhere. Yeah, that's that's the the moment. But uh, yeah, the Souls of Fuse stuff. We would like go on, make that record. We made some EPs. Played a lot of our favorite venues in the LA area. Played the Roxy a few times and the Troubadour. And I think the House of Blues in Anaheim was probably the. Uh, I think for for probably the three of us was uh, Bert, you, and I because we we kind of had a rotating cast um, of drummers. And um, shout out to Seth. For sure, he played lead guitar for us for a long yeah. time and came up with a lot of the uh, the, lead. the lead parts on our album. And it's just a like super talented musician. Um, and then Ryan Amato played drums for us for a long time, and I think that was like our core lineup when it when it could be. But we definitely had some other rotating parts throughout the beginning and the end. Yeah, 
uh, with Troy and uh, Ray. Like Ray played a couple Ray shows played with a couple us. Shows. So, that, was um, that was awesome. But uh, yeah, the House of Blues was definitely the uh, was, that was the highlight was for highlight. me, man. Like yeah. that was the that was the thing that was like, uh, if we don't get to keep doing this, like this was the moment that I was really hoping for, you know? Yeah. And also just to play House of Blues uh, with a full floor. Like, there was so many people there. You, I, right. I know you and I had been to many shows where it wasn't that full in there Absolutely. for headlining acts, so that was cool to, to be able to play, like, a full House of Blues room. Yeah. I think I know we brought over a 100-some-odd people. Yeah, and that wasn't necessarily uncommon for a couple shows. Like, right. you know, that like we'd bring out anywhere from 40 to, like, 100 people fairly regularly throughout the end of those shows, which yeah. was really awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. And, uh, and then the band would eventually, like, dissolve, I guess, around, like, five years ago. Yeah. And um, I we, feel a little guilty. <laughs> I don't think you should feel <laughs> guilty, man. Like I, I think it was, I, I was definitely for the best for all of us. Like, um, Ryan was definitely like, you were definitely the, uh, the one that was like kind of made the initial move to like pull the, like pull the plug on it. And yeah. I think like you were definitely like, you know, I rightfully like feeling like you were doing a majority of like the side work, like the stuff that had to be done aside from like, playing at practice and stuff you know like just doing a lot of the like the leg work i just think it was a weird time too of everybody kind of you know having jobs and yeah it was it was super hard some bigger priorities and with girlfriends like yeah and also like you know just all of us working like we it was never there was never uh a situation for us where we where the band could be the number one thing that we were doing, you know, right. like I don't, I don't know that we were ever like given an opportunity that opportunity to, to, to do it like that, where we were maybe just working part time and and could have spent a little more time playing music together and just hanging out. Like, right, and I don't know if the excuse is the pay to play. I don't know if it was. I mean, the pay to play, selling tickets and stuff. I think definitely you know contributed to making it difficult for us to play certain shows. And also putting a lot of pressure on us. Yeah. And I think that was also like one of the problem. like that was probably the, uh, in my opinion, one of the major issues is that like it like became a lot of business because we were trying to get this record done and like the funding that goes into making a record. And then it was just like the record took forever to make. It took three <sighs> years. So by the time it was over, it was like all the energy had like kind of been sucked out of it in certain ways like and it was still really exciting for us to release it and we had like an amazing album release show and and great shows to follow but it just like that whole experience was so fun in the beginning and then just eventually like just seemed to suck the life out of us a lot yeah and i think i was maybe trying to come up with a a bunch of new songs to help kind of re re re-energize and re kind of fresh everything so that everybody would have something to be excited about not only us but the people yeah, that, that people were coming that were, to the came, show came to see us to for the, three years find like we're finally we're putting out an album like every year we're talking about this album but it's the same uh the same 14 songs we've pretty much been playing for the last couple of years and i think we all like really like the new songs that we were playing like that did, that did seem to add and we an did energy we did put those into shows too and i remember when you were writing those songs like a few nights at your house i was just like thank you for like making me fall in love with this again you know like i remember <laughs> yeah, like a couple a couple of those moments where it was just like oh this is this is where it's at like this this could be really good 
still you yeah know, we can still do this and um but just in general like i totally i was never like offended that you wanted to sing your own songs no because I, I, I didn't think you would be. because i knew that you wanted to like we had had many conversations about it so it was never like i was just like yeah man like you want to hear your own voice on your stuff you <laughs> i know? don't know if that's, that's or quite a different voice or whatever like but I don't like I definitely understood that and I understand it even more now because like that would eventually propel me to like be driven enough to pick up an instrument and learn how to play it well enough where I could write my own songs because mm -hmm. I know that like after six months or a year of us not having a band anymore like that was definitely something I was like oh I really miss this need some sort yeah. of outlet to do this still so if I want to do it I'm gonna have to learn how to play an instrument and like that has done wonders for me. And also now, now that I have the connection to like writing a complete song, both musically and lyrically, like I can't say that, or I guess I would, I would say that those are the songs I find so much attachment to, you know, because they're completely mine. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but that was also amazing for me you know, when we were collaborating. Yeah, that was that Just was to, different. like, that see it awesome. come to life and knowing it is pretty much all mine. Yeah. And, and I'm still working with you on, you know, the, the melodies for singing. Absolutely. And and, and the words. And, uh, no, and, and again, I mean, it, it always meant the world to me that, you know, you were you were all for it. Yeah, I, I mean, it was easy for me to do those things with conviction because, like you said earlier, you and I seem to be in some sort of similar place, maybe not like exactly like act for act of our life, but just uh, definitely having some things that we really connected on. So it was easy for me to sing those things yeah. with a lot of conviction and, and really like feel what you were trying to get across. Cause I was, I was feeling it too. And I was just so stoked <laughs> to like have that opportunity as well. But that would eventually lead to like you making a couple of solo albums, which is like, that's one crazy. The, one of the reasons that we are uh, doing the podcast uh, today is because you put out the new the new full length. It's coming. Which or yeah, it is coming. <laughs> what what the release date is? Uh, the January. Yeah, 7th? I set it for January sixth. Sixth. It's a Friday. Um, so I think this will be like a week after. Okay. I think we're gonna release this like on the thirteenth. Right on. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I uh, I don't know. I I've, I kind of had it ready to go, um, but I wanted to make sure to get kind of the whole marketing plan down as far as uh you know getting all the artwork all together i've decided to do cds on on this one yeah uh whereas on the ep i just yeah let's just do a digital download like I'm, i don't need to waste a whole lot of energy on on all this trying to sell cds and because <laughs> the uh, souls of fuse ones we still have <laughs> quite a bit oh yeah we have a lot of <laughs> <laughs> i think we went uh, so a, little, a little large on that one um, <laughs> so I just didn't want a bunch of stuff kind of laying around and having to worry about what am I going to do with it? That but, makes sense. Um, but no, I had this one in the back pocket for a little bit. Um, I actually got it mastered kind of later on in the process, um, which we'll, I guess, maybe get into in a little bit, but yeah, let's, um, uh, I was thinking that we would do a little musical break here and yeah. then we would talk about the, the record like a yeah. little more in depth and, I definitely want to start with uh, this is probably my favorite track, like sonically and just com as a I don't know complete song, and it's one I'm super familiar with because it's Daisy. 
which is a song that we we recorded as a band and kind of like i guess it's a it was available to a certain degree it was it was it was after it was during the process of making our other record we had the opportunity to record some songs at the music institute in los angeles and we recorded a few songs and i i put this like i i have it the album marked as uh, the too much time in between EP. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I always have it marked as that because it was just That's that was better. the result of those songs because there was too much in between like time in between making our full length record that we like were already writing all these new songs. So right. Uh, so yeah, this is this is Daisy and I just super impressed with what you did with this song, man. Like I'm I'm so <laughs> pumped on on how it sounds and all the changes you made and it's it's super rare. yeah um i am too i mean it's there is always a couple things here and there about the song that not that i wasn't happy with them but i wasn't i knew like it wasn't where i wanted it to be you were hearing some other things that weren't cutting through yet exactly and um yeah i know we had worked on it a lot um i think i i probably had two versions of it before uh i even thought about redoing this to make it you know or figure out how am i going to make this again so i don't know i've just i've always loved this song i always believed in it yeah and absolutely like, i uh i don't know i just for this i wanted to do it and i'm like i'm gonna get this right and uh i'm i'm overly impressed with it as well well it's definitely one of my favorite songs towards the end of our uh souls of fuse run and it's definitely my favorite track on on this album so right on this is daisy off of the uh, new slow fall Mm-hmm. full-length album called all the seasons all these seasons Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> rough intro <laughs> <laughs> how far do you go before you let go how long does it take to feel alone The heart gets desperate when it's all you need to feel
right, so that was uh, Daisy off the uh, All the Seasons full length record. The was new the, one was that the acoustic version? No, or? that was the uh, that was the electric uh, version off the album. There's also you, an acoustic. version. How do you version, feel though. about the acoustic? I almost wanted to play it, <laughs> but. I do feel like the full band yeah. version of it really captures what you were the trying. Whole thing. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's the strings, man. Yeah. So good. Um, there's a little bit of female vocal on that one. Yeah, yeah. We uh, The guy at the studio asked me, hey, any uh, other vocals you're hearing on any anything? I was all, yeah, maybe Daisy, if anything. Um, and he had a friend. Um, her name's Elizabeth Messick. Um, I guess she, she's pr- quite a musician, great singer in Orange County for, for a while. I think she's since moved to Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, no, she's a great singer. She came in, um, did her thing on a couple songs, actually. And I was very happy. It was a very unique voice. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love it. I'm I'm super into how how the female vocal was used just throughout the album because it's it's done fairly like sparsely. Right. It's not there's not a lot of it. No, yeah. So when it does come through, it's just like oh this is great. Bit of know? a surprise. Yeah, and also just like <laughs> just a nice touch to it because yeah. it doesn't happen consistently. I think honestly, I envisioned it originally a little bit different, um, but you know when when you get in there to actually do it and you start trying things out and figuring out what's right for the song like that's what ended up happening and it's like hey well all right cool that's 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 it i don't want to change it yeah it almost becomes more of like an instrument thing than a voice like just another touch of of sound coming through yeah which is nice yeah it was awesome yeah dude the whole thing uh i think sonically maybe this is my favorite thing that you've done Maybe. Including Souls of Fuse? It's parts <laughs> of it, yeah. Definitely. I think this thing sounds amazing, dude. Like this this <laughs> this album sounds great and I think it really uh shows how far you've come personally as a vocalist. Because yeah. I think this is like a lot of progress from the first EP that you put out. I would agree. Like you feel like it sounds like you're way more comfortable singing. And it feel I think even at a certain point you we had a conversation that you kind of felt like something clicked and you kind of understood how to like use your voice maybe learning some things I think that uh, what was the uh, the working title album Oh good lord yeah. <laughs> What is the name of that record The working uh, title It is called About Face Yeah I know that had a big impact on you That sure did on your yeah. writing and I think that was one of the bands I feel like you mentioned when you were maybe writing some of these songs that you were like oh, I think like vocally parts of it yeah i mean i feel like you know over the course of writing songs um like i i generally know how i want them to sound and i've never really been able to put my lyrics to the melodies or write to my my vocal ability maybe yeah um but i've always felt very confident in singing along with my favorite bands like i feel like Oh man, I can hit the same notes all the time, and w- I think I, you know, y- you can do that all you want. But when you come, when it comes down to writing the songs, you have to know kind of how to write for your voice um, and write to hit, you know, certain melodies and different, different vocal kind of uh, concepts. Um, I mean, I took vocal lessons for the for the first EP. Because I I wanted to be good at it. I'm yeah. like I've 
I'm going to give this a shot and I, there's, I know there's some stuff I'm going to have to learn. And I think I did learn a lot. Um, the time in between, I wasn't really doing any of that, but I definitely still had the tapes to kind of warm up and, you know, work on it. But like I said, with writing, I think it's completely different. So I took that a lot more into account when I was writing this record. Yeah. It's like, I want to write toward my vocal strengths and doing what I know I can do. You know, I know I can sing train songs, you know, (laughs) maybe I can't sing as good as train, but I know I can hit those notes. I know I can hit those melodies. So let's try and, you know, let's try and belt something out here and give it, give it a go and not be, you know, afraid to do it. Um, the working title, I mean, that is, I don't know. It's just a different vocal style. Um, I love that record. And like, there's a couple songs that I um, really just, I, I, I fell in love with. And in fact, I've actually used a few of, uh, the lines from one of the songs on there in one of the, in one of the songs. Um, just because I, I, you know it it relates it kind of resonates a lot with me and uh yeah i I couldn't not hold hold back and not use it yeah i mean that's also been kind of a something that you and i have both like kind of grasped towards uh over the years is just like maybe trying to incorporate some of our our influences through the lyrics and maybe like make little references to them at certain points yeah in fact i think my ep I intentionally made a bunch of references, whether it was a line, not that I'm like stealing, yeah. but um, I, in another way, I just tried to, you know, m- use it in, in the context of my song. Um, so whether it's, you know, me saying, singing a song title, or if it's an actual just one liner from one of my favorite songs, like, yeah, I think we did that. And I know in one of the Souls of Fuse songs, Man, we 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 had an absolute ball with uh, with the the whole bridge of of one true dream. Yeah. Where oh my god, like reference after reference, just intertwining a story that had you know just an extension of of what that song was about. And Absolutely. It, that was one of the most special things <laughs> I think we've ever done. Yeah, that was always a lot of fun, like doing those improv parts and just always kind of having a few lines that would maybe be steady or starting and ending points but everything in between maybe ending up being a little bit different every night or every time we played it live yeah so that was always fun um yeah i think i feel like these uh this collection of songs definitely captures to me all the all the stuff all the music that you really love i think shines through like through these different tracks for sure dude i agree it's awesome I, and i completely agree yeah dude talk to me about like how important scott has become to your like recording and like production process because i know he pl- yeah <laughs> scott uh <laughs> yeah, what's his last name Name them all off uh uh schlommer <laughs> schlommer schlommer scott schlommer this is the second scott schlommer. you made your ep with him I did, yeah, um, yeah. I went. I had a kind of a friend mention the studio. Um, we were recording the Souls of Fuse album, and uh, they were like, "Hey, why don't you just go over here? It's not, you know, we were we were in L.A. So he's like, this is just in Costa Mesa. It's not as far. The guy's, you know, super talented guy. Probably wouldn't charge as much. And uh, yeah, I was like, well, no, we're almost done. You know, even though you know there's still a couple of years to go." little did we know but um yeah no so when it time came time where i was like you know what i think uh i want to do this recording thing again um he's the first place i went 
And yeah, it's just, it's this awesome little studio in Costa Mesa. Um, I don't know. It's just, he, he's, a, he's a very, very special guy. Like you go in there and he's, uh, typically I, I would just show him some demos and then he would be like, oh yeah, I see a lot of potential with that. And you know, he's, he's a guitar player. Um, so he he's real good with melody. Actually, is probably one of his his greatest strengths. And you know the music, it doesn't matter what what genre of music it is. He generally, he just he knows music. So he's gonna be able to pick something up and find some melodies for you. And for me, like I I think I come in like you said with the big ideas. Um, and I I generally know I don't know how I'm gonna get there. Yeah. But I need somebody else to who knows kind of more like the the logistics of doing doing that and getting there so it's just a matter of being able to you know convey the the whole idea um so he's kind of uh in some ways taking the role of what what seth was in our in our band in some ways absolutely um it's like hey i don't have a a, a pre-chorus for this where, where do we go i don't know <laughs> i don't know what to do um and you know on the last couple songs it was like hey well we still need a couple songs if we're going to do an album and uh he kind of took over just a couple minor ideas that i had where you know it was even less than i usually come in with and so i kind of gave him free reigns partly to give the album a little more variety um partly to help me out you know a little bit and take that pressure off um but again i mean i'm still writing all the lyrics yeah, um, change a few lines here and there depending on you know the melody that he might hear um, if it's different than mine or if he sees it going a different direction. For sure, and uh, the uh, you put out that video for Speak Up. Yeah, which you created yourself. Yeah, that was it's was fun. Is that kind of what you're pushing as the the single right now? Yeah, we're doing Speak Up as a single. Um, it just seemed like you know a lot of people really like that song. Um, uh, the pre-chorus on that song, which pre-chorus is <laughs> always a very important oh, part Lord. of Brian Schick's writing. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-chorus is uh, just a key part to to a lot of songs that that you've uh, written, and uh, that is my favorite one of the like. Definitely some of my favorite moments on this album are, are those pre-choruses on Speak Up. I, those are wow. just very cool moments. And Yeah, I think musically it just drops out, and it's kind of a, a very honest uh, little area there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and, and then you made that video yourself, just... Yeah, no, I I mean, I don't... I had an iPhone. I've seen some good stuff um, filmed on iPhones. It's um, cool, dude. I, so. I feel like it reminds me of all, like, the late 90s early 2000s videos that we used to watch like eve six and (laughs) third eye blind and stuff like that and some of those like scenes of me playing i was kind of thinking like bush on on glycerine (laughs) i was like shit this looks like fucking the glycerine video but i'll try and uh overlay some underwater (laughs) just to differentiate but no that was awesome um i don't know i think originally the the artwork concept of the album, you know how sometimes the music video and the album art will kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Originally, I think I was going for more of like a kind of what what the music video looks like. That was going to be more or less what the album art was going to be. Um, so those were some of the ideas of being underwater and having lights, um, some ocean type stuff. And, you know, I, I was like, I got to get, got to get my camera underwater and film some stuff. And I don't know how obvious that is in the video that 
a lot of that is underwater. I mean, I'm not underwater, but I'm definitely, uh, I've got scenes underwater kind of overlaid on top of my uh, kind of performance part. Yeah, it's very cool. And that's also like a part, uh, like another part of the uh, the art side, I guess, is is something you've always involved yourself in. Like you were, like you made like a lot of our Souls of Fuse art and like layouts like all Logos, the stuff that, yeah you would you would always be very involved in that so I, I that's also what's cool about like when you're putting out an album like this you've you've done all of the the artwork and the layouts and you've really put the time and energy into that which i think probably gives you even more of an attachment to everything and i think it's like super impressive that you're not just doing the music right either it's just the music is one part of this project like there's there's artwork that goes along with it and yeah especially on on this one i don't know i i didn't know I, like i said i thought it was going to be one thing it ends up being uh laguna beach <laughs> it's definitely like the i think the also the coolest thing physically um artwork wise that you've put out as well i just like really like yeah. the layout of everything uh there's a bunch of small logos all over like symbols and stuff what what do the symbols signify yeah i kind of um i don't know i was thinking maybe let's do a symbol for each song so there are 10 symbols there um they're a little thought out some more than others (laughs) basically whatever you could vectorize for those artists in the uh (laughs) in the design world um but yeah no i just wanted to do something a little special for each song i guess uh yeah, I think it just kind of helps expand what the artwork is. Absolutely, man. And you even got a uh, there's a hidden Dan Gable Presents logo in there, there is. somewhere that There's uh, there's a couple to, hidden logos. I wish I would have done more, but I was just I was actually tired of looking at this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so I don't know if you can see it. You can get a magnifying glass. The logo? The logo. I can see I can see it because I know it's there, right. and there's a little bit of tint of red. Yeah. So, like, that's the part you can see, but there's an airplane yeah. on one I, of the pages. Looking back, maybe I should have done it slightly bigger. No, no, no. I, I don't <laughs> think it needed to be any bigger. I was just stoked that you hit me up one day. No. You're just like, hey, man, what do you think about your logo being on the album artwork kind yeah. of hidden in there? And I, I think that's uh, that's just another cool, like, hidden yeah there's a hidden souls of fuse logo in there Yeah, absolutely like and there's a line in there too the souls of fuse front line right front line yeah dude that's a really cool i don't know reference to it like this album like some of it some of the songs came before the ep so i just feel like you know it's it's a whole collection of all of these years man all all this time of you know basically from souls of fuse to now and um yeah i just there's a lot there so i mean it's a it's definitely its own collection and its own volume yeah if if you say and then you capped off this great experience by having getting to have howie weinberg yeah master the record howie weinberg if you don't know um which i I don't know how you don't (laughs) (laughs) if you look at his credits i mean you're looking at nirvana's nevermind Smashing Pumpkin, Siamese Dream, Infinite Sadness. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. It's just incredible. Um, and I think basically, you know, what I've always tried to do is figure out how how do we make music like the big guys, like the, like the big labels? Like, how do we do that? 
um, not even thinking about the money side of it until that comes. Just how does it sound that but polished? How, how do that, they how do they huge. get get it there? Um, and I know when we were mastering the Souls of Fuse record, we did a little shopping around, and I was looking online and looking through you know my favorite bands' CDs, looking for for masters and mixers, and it became very interesting, um, especially when I was looking for this, and you notice there's only like three, four, five guys that are doing all the major CDs that you've, you're hearing every day. Um, so I basically just reached out to a couple people and, you know, got some offers to come in and I was very surprised that, you know, I was, <laughs> I was able to actually have Howie Weinberg on this, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. And I got to go down and, and take a listen to, to my mastered CD on his sound system. That's right. And it was, yeah, I mean, We've never been able to do that. I mean, usually in these mastering sessions, um, you get a discounted rate by not showing up. Right. So they do it on their own time. But he, he he emailed me and called me up and said, why don't you come down? I'd love for you to hear it. If we need to make any changes, let's let's do it right there. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was totally an awesome experience. And, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, not the last of them, but... <laughs> Yeah, man. Definitely unique, and I think it definitely benefited too from from that master. I don't know if you. Noticed. Oh, dude, I was. Uh, I got to hear. I mean, these songs were kind of also recorded in two different batches, right? Mm -hmm. Because you were only you were just maybe going to put was, out like another five songs, five six songs, yeah, yeah. and then you started these other know. songs started coming together i don't know what what it was and you were just like hey i think i'm just gonna hold off and i'm gonna record some more and um kind of empty the tank so i <laughs> i got to hear a lot of these songs like early mixes or just roughs for a long time i know i showed you daisy i just kind of wanted your approval on that yeah and then so when i got to hear it all mastered i was just so blown away of how good it sounded that's what i was saying like yeah i do probably think that this maybe even sounds better than the souls of fuse record just the way things cut through like i just or at least it captures to me like i said earlier all of the stuff that you love about music like Absolutely. this this album does that and yeah man i'm, I'm super fucking proud of you and your yeah. efforts here dude because this is just like it's really cool and it's really cool to have gotten to like do it together for so long, but then also get to see how we've branched off to do our own things. Absolutely. And then I remember talking to Dave from Velasco when I was in Chicago and it's just like, you get to a certain age and like less and less of the people you started doing these types of things with are doing them. So it's very, inspiring that you're still doing it like i'm stoked that you're still writing music and recording music and maybe not necessarily to go out and play shows like right. i know you would if if a band came together but like the priority is to like produce and write and put out music absolutely you know and just put out your your thoughts and ideas to the world like yeah, that seems I like it's what it's always been about too it's just like i want to share this like yeah, it would be cool if something came from it, but like this is about just like sharing my point of view or like hopefully connecting with people the way other people have connected with me. Absolutely. It's it's just about creating. Yeah. And being being excited about it and actually being being proud of it. And uh it's like I don't know, it's a, it's a snapshot of your life. 
Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, I don't really take a whole lot of photos. <laughs> and I don't keep photo albums, if people still do that. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, that's what this is. And I that's, mean, that's yeah. why it's so important. I mean, yeah, collectively and individually, like, combined, we have, like, 10 to 15 years of our lives, like, documented through music and tracks and silly videos and stuff yeah. like that. So it's it's just, like, cool to, to continue to do that type of stuff. So Absolutely. I'm pumped about it, man. Cool. I'm stoked to listen to it more. Yeah. I hope people check it out. I'm excited that, you know, you know, to kind of get it out there a little more and yeah yeah once january hits and i, I know i got a press release coming on it i'm just yeah i'm hoping for a little push and get people excited man because i i'm i'm super proud of it and get excited yeah <laughs> and i appreciate your support for what i'm doing with the program dude, dude i love it i you, love it you've I definitely mean, been vocal about oh like just letting me know like hey man good job like keep doing keep doing what you're doing and so I really appreciate that support. And you are the creator you know, of the, t like, the first, I hope the first of, like, many fan-made gifts. <laughs> but, like, hey, you are the creator of those those coffee mugs. Don't think you don't have a Souls of Fuse one. <laughs> They've got so many. Or a Slow Fall, for sure. All of slow those, Fall is coming. Yeah, we need a commemorative mug for this I've episode. Got, I've got some ideas. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, there's just uh, you are the creator of those two mugs, and those those have been talked about by a lot of people. They're just like, if you got the mugs, man, I would buy one. So man. I definitely definitely want to start. Uh, hey, maybe getting some. I of those think mugs um, made. more bands like Some Aliens need to like start messing more with your logo. I that was the coolest part about that. Yeah, was, absolutely. That's it, why I had to do it. <laughs> Like and not only just having the mug, but them writing out their name, like and having the episode on well, the back. I mean, and that was me, but like no, that's great. But they did all the legwork on that for sure, and like I don't know, it was just so cool. I was like, you got to have this on something, absolutely. Whether it's a T-shirt <laughs> or like a, a anything, stickers, anything. Um, and I just had an opportunity to <laughs> little make you a little mug. I'm hoping the uh, some aliens uh, hoodies might happen eventually. You I do in purple, right? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Ryan, where can fi people find slow fall music on the internet? Uh, well, I mean, um, yeah, we got the Facebook. I think it's facebook.com slash slow fall music. Instagram uh, at slow fall music. Those are definitely the two I'm kind of, you know, pushing the most. You got um, a band camp now? I got a band camp. That's how I released the single. Um, you can download it for free there. You just put in your email. All the lyrics are there if you want to read those. Sweet, man. Um, and then as the release comes closer, um, I, hope I, I actually want to make more music videos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you got a GoPro now. I just so keep, yeah, yeah. I keep, uh, you know, piling on the, the artistic work here instead of <laughs> actually focusing on learning how to, you know, go out and play the songs. <laughs> So I mean that's I think the focus for next year will be hey let's uh, start playing some some shows just like acoustic or yeah man you gotta have a Portland some, show I want to do like piano and and acoustic so bad on like four or five songs gotta so, set up a, a Portland solo acoustic show next time you come through we'll play a play a bill together or absolutely that'd be, fun. That'd be that would be awesome uh cool man I know that uh, I definitely need you to say it's a program. <laughs> that definitely has to be a part of uh, the ending of this. Yeah. Um, 
You want me to do it now? <laughs> uh, Is there a countdown? Well, we're going to play another song out. I think like I know what end. you're going to do. Oh, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? And I just feel like you're you're leaving everybody with uh, quite a downer. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I guess I've already declared like a favorite song on the album. And I think that might partially be because of my personal connection to the song. And then also, like, just how fucking good it came out on this album. But Kind of Sorta is a track on this album that really grabbed me when you sent me the uh, the last batch of mixes, I guess. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if it had the strings on it yet when you sent me that. I don't recall. And it's definitely, I told you I love this song because it's the one of the most simple songs I think you've ever written. <laughs> You're probably and, right. And so it's nice to see that you can also pull that off and write a simple song that doesn't have too many different movements and doesn't have too many different chord changes or chords. You know, it's yeah. just a very simple song, but the vocal delivery and the, the vocal effect is fucking great on this song. <laughs> so yeah, it's a downer for sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. But we're definitely going to play it's it out with kind of sort of definitely this album. one of the most honest, honest songs at the time that I, that, that I wrote it and it's definitely it was supposed to be a happy song <laughs> it, did, it, it was supposed, supposed to be a happy song originally I think kind of sort of was going to be a, a cute little love song instead it kind of turned the opposite unfortunately but it it's in I don't know I, I think it's beautiful um, and I, I tend to I think go for the beauty in music whether it's the piano and the, the cellos and definitely I think with the, some of the, the love themes yeah um, but yeah I mean this I'm I'm very proud of this. It is extremely simple. It's just an acoustic and a cello and then a very kind of dry vocal with a little radio effect on it. Um so yeah, it's I'm very very happy with it and I definitely wanted to have something on the record that kind of gave a little variation from what everything else was. Right on, man. Well, well, tell them it's a program. Right on, dude. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm this so stoked so cool. that we got to do this, I can't this, believe uh, <laughs> I get to finally be on the program. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. It's um, just awesome just to get to hang out with you for a bit while I'm yeah, back always, here in California. It's always great when you, when you come down. So, yeah. Well, thanks so much, man. It's yeah. uh Yeah. <laughs> it's a program. <laughs> That's awesome. This is uh, kind of, sort of, off the new Slow Fall album, All These Seasons. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Hey, now I guess it's over. You and I can go no further. We have hit a wall. I kind of sort of think we knew it So much for promises If all is lost And so I'll, I'll bury us in lavender With rosy thorns to keep away Since the new year, all lies are 
pouring down on me I wish you'd understand But you don't see me And you don't believe in anything It's a program. <laughs> That's awesome.